The sacred writings of the Baha'i Faith teach that music is a ladder for the soul. I'm Jack Gordon, host of Interfaith-ish, and on this ongoing series of conversations that I'm calling Soul Ladder Music, I invite you to climb with me as we hear songs and stories from a diverse array of musicians who connect sound and spirit. This series has presented an amazing opportunity to connect with artists that have had a tremendous influence on my life and shape the deep appreciation I have for diverse forms of music from all corners of the globe. Today's guest is Achinoam Nini, one of Israel's most celebrated singers and songwriters, who is known internationally simply as Noah. Beyond her abundant musical talent, Noah is a passionate activist and bridge builder, dedicating her time and talent to a range of causes from upholding human rights to the preservation of our natural environment. She has worked with both Palestinian musicians and the Vatican, sharing everywhere a message of peace and the oneness of humanity. I grew up with Noah's music from childhood, but I can sincerely say I am an even stronger admirer of her as a person through the experience of this interview. Enjoy my conversation with Noah. נשמת אפך נשבה מן הים, ותחדור מלוכה אל ביתי. וגלים בדוח ים, עולים בבך ים, למרומי אהבתי, פועל קלה. אדום מול הים, מפקד דמך. בירח אדום מול הים, דמי ודמך. גלים בדוח ים, זועקים בדוח ים, את שמך, את שמך, את שמך. בואי כלם, בואי כלם, בואי כלם, בואי. קרבתך וקרבת הים גזלו את שנתי, נשמת אבך נשבה מן הים. Are you in your recording studio? I definitely am. It looks great. Looks yeah, like you've got the full array of instruments yeah. and everything out there. I've got this my piano back there and a lot Ooh. of my percussion stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in the control room here. So you can see that it's like the, the actual recording room is in back. And this is my home. I'm, I'm, it's, it's in the, the lower level of my home. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. And I live right by the sea. So basically, you know, there's a little food market in back. So I don't have to go anywhere. There's food back there. The sea is <laughs> down here. The children are upstairs. That's it. <laughs> You're set. You're set for life. You, you don't have to go anywhere. Well, you know, it's always, you know, you think, you think things are great. And then all of a sudden the sky starts falling and things get bad. <laughs> Anyway, I, I, you're seeing me just coming back from a very, very big demonstration in Jerusalem where hundreds of thousands of people were demonstrating against the very dangerous um, dynamic that's going on in Israel right now, mm. where our newly elected and very, very problematic extremist government is trying to change Israel's democracy. And democracy is very, very important to us in this country, at least to some of us, millions of yes. us. Yes, yes. And so we're... Um, um you know we were up in arms and i was performing on this big stage amazing energy amazing uh i don't know if you follow me on instagram but it would be good if you did and if you feel I like will it, look for it yeah and just look at those those stories that i posted and stuff it's i think it's very very inspiring to see people out there fighting for for our democracy and for yes. human and for freedoms and you know calling out against racism calling for people to come together and live together um because that's not where the new government is leading us They're leading us to a dangerous place that will distance us from our best friends the united states you know it will distance us from all of the you know the countries of the oecd from all the other democratic countries and 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 you know i i, I don't want to think about it as a nightmare situation put us in the corner with all of those 
quasi fake democracies or worst even dictatorships mm. or regimes, which would be a horror, uh, just a hor- horrible scenario for Israel. Mm. So, um, so I'm 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 very much involved in that protest movement. So I'm saying that to say, you know, things it's in Israel or maybe in many people's lives, but in the micro level, I mean, I feel very blessed, and we we have everything. Right wonderful and peaceful and great music the sea children family friends everything i appreciate how uh so foremost in your mind all of these these issues are i can tell that that you know your energy is is (laughs) really wrapped up in this right Mm -hmm. now coming back into it so thank i mean thank you for making the time um coming from that space and then moving directly into this i know those transitions can you know can be Be challenging uh, difficult yeah yeah, but I'm happy to talk to you, Jack, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well, no, I'll, I'll tell you that this is really a pleasure and a treat to talk to you because your voice has been in my ears since I think I was around 11 or 12. Um, wow, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> a family friend gifted us your 93 album uh, with Gildor, and in mm-hmm. particular, your song Boikala. It, it always gives me such a tremendous feeling of peace and and joy. It's stuck with me through my whole life. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just it's, it, it's thrilling. <laughs> it's just one of these songs that reminds me of of really the freedom of childhood, and and it evokes this idea of sunlight and smiles for me. So really, boy, kala, wow, wow, I can't believe that. It's not on on the list of songs that we had talked about, but since it is personal favorite, could you share the story of of that song briefly? Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear a little. Yeah, I'd love to hear what inspired it. Well, wow, I have a lot to say about that song, and and, and but, but you know, I'm wondering if I actually should tell you it because it's in, in complete contrast to everything you said that the song evokes. In That's you. what happens when it's uh, when it's a uh, a, a, yeah. a song in a language you don't speak. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> well, so let me tell you about that. That song um, is part of a project that I did dedicated to the poetry of this great woman by the name of Leah Goldberg. Mm. who um, lived in Israel um, in, the, in the 50s and 60s. Um, she came, she made Aliyah, so she came to Israel from Russia in her early childhood. She had an amazing command of the Hebrew language. Um, she became one of Israel's most iconic and important poets. Mm. I adore this woman's poetry. She was an incredible, she was a radical, actually. She was, mm. she was, um, she was herself um, a journalist, and an art critic, and a chain smoker, and a de- <laughs> and a and a depressed woman who had uh, you know bouts of unrequited love and was mm. single throughout her life, and then died uh, quite lonely, but left after her amazing literature, books, and and beautiful poetry, and I absolutely admire her. Um, so I dedicated a whole project to her poetry, and this song is part of it. It was showcased and commissioned by and showcased in the Israel Festival, which are, is probably our most prestigious, you know, fine arts festival for dance and theater and music um, in Israel, uh, in Jerusalem. And this was in my early 20s, mm-hmm. right at the beginning of my career. Um, and um, so this song, Boy Kala, is part of a, a, a do it's sort of a, a coupling of songs, two songs, two poems. That, that create one one piece, one artistic piece, and it's called "Lovers by the Sea." Mm. He and she, mm-hmm. masculine and the femme side, two lovers by the sea. So, Boykala is he. It's his song. It's the man, mm-hmm. and he's talking about. Uh, he's passionate about this woman that he really loves. Boykala means "come, my bride." Right. He's calling her to him. He loves her. He wants to be with her with all of his heart and soul. And he's haunted by, uh, now he's he's walking by the sea. There's, there's it's, there are images from the sea everywhere in, in these two poems. She's obviously in some room in a tower somewhere by the sea. And he's walking at night, listening to the waves and the wind and, 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 and to the owl and calling her and saying that he cannot sleep and he cannot rest when he knows that she is awake somewhere in the mm-hmm. room up there. And um, so it's really, there's there's this passion and great love. But unfortunately, it's unrequited love. 
because right. which Leah Goldberg knew very well in her life, mm. and she reflected in many of her songs. She and her tower. That was the second song. If you remember, it's the song that is consecutive to Boy Kala on that album. It's mm-hmm. a song with only piano. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful. That's actually a Gildor composition. Most of the compositions are normally mine. I mean, I'm the songwriter in the group. Okay. So I come up with the music and the lyrics. But Gil is an, also a wonderful musician. And sometimes he their, their compositions are solely his. And we very often work on the songs together. So I'll bring, oh, this is an interesting point in general um, about our career. I'll bring like the lyrics and the music and the idea, whatever. And then we'll work on it together with the, for the harmony and the production, maybe C parts or other parts of the song that he will add. Sometimes he adds some lyrics. And so we're really a team in that sense. She, her part is his composition, where she is basically telling him, I know you sent the owl, you sent the waves, you sent the wind to call me, but I am not coming. I cannot. Mm. My heart is closed. My door is closed. And I'm sleeping. She's missing her heart. It's really, she's not able to accept his love. Mm -hmm. It's a painful situation. And that's why I say when you're thinking of childhood and Soleil, and, and this is like a, this is a tragic song, you know, it's like tragedy. And, and another, I have to tell you this, Jack, this song has become the number one wedding song in Israel. <laughs> it, it, it's, I mean, I it's, it. my, it's my claim to fame in Israel in the sense that so many people have gone to the chuppah, as we say, has gone to the yeah. why, why? Because those two words, boy kala, boy come kala. my bride. Yeah. And that's all they hear. Boy, kala, boy, kala. Come, my bride, come. They're not really listening yeah. to what he's saying, and the... they don't, and they're not listening to the next song, which says, "No way." Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, and I'm always reluctant to tell them. You know, I don't want to burst their bubble or anything. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy that people love the song. You know, and that they want it in it. And then they take it as their own. And I really believe, you know, there was this be- beautiful film called Il Postino. Right. I don't know if you remember it. The man, where in Il Postino, which is, I think, is about Pablo, uh, Pablo, Neru- Pablo Neruda. Exactly. And, um, yeah. And and um, and and the, the 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 postman is saying to the great poet, you know, Mr. Poet, at the end, it's my poem. And I'm using it for my own needs. It's, it, with all due respect to whatever you wrote it about, now it's mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You put it out and, in the world and it takes yeah, on its own and, life. And, yeah. and for me, that's fine. I really don't need people to connect to the song from wherever I connected to it as long as they connect, as long yeah. as it's meaningful to them, as long as it evokes emotion, sometimes helps them through difficult times or expresses something in their soul that they would otherwise be unable to express. That's for me, that's the greatest gift that I can receive from people. So yeah. well, mission accomplished. It's it, it's it's been well, with me, you know, for 20, uh, almost 30 years now. And yeah. uh, and it's, it, it always brings me joy, even even I'm if I'm so just listen, listening to the first part. If all of the angels sang together, surely they'd say we need you. If all of the angels stood together, they would embrace and greet you. Some say everything has always been the same, but they wouldn't if they had a chance to meet you. Now daylight is fading, and I will be waiting for you to send a sign from where the wind has taken every song, every smile. Your spirit has awakened sunlight birds singing out hallelujah, hallelujah. What was the music that you grew up listening to in your household? So I was born in Israel to a family of Yemenite origins. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, both from mother's and father's side, came from Yemen the very in the turn of the century. So it was some decades earlier than, than, the, than the waves of immigration of Yemenite Jews that came to Israel much later yeah. on. But I was actually born a third, fourth generation, both sides, in Israel. My mm. great-great-grandmother from my mother's side was born in Israel. Wow. So, um, But when I was um, less than two years old, I was a year and a half old, my family decided to move to the United States. My father had the opportunity to go to a very fine university. If he started in the University of Rochester, but then to the Columbia University in New York for his PhD, mm. he was studying chemical engineering. And mm. he, you know, that was it. We were we were there. Um, I got a very religious Jewish education. 
um, uh, modern orthodox as, as it is called, the yeshiva, even though my family is not religious, because mm. my my parents wanted my brother and I to, to be connected to, to our Jewish roots, to our Israeli roots. They wanted to study Hebrew, and that was the only possibility. Um, so I grew up with conflicts from day one. You know, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I, when I was a, 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 a Yemenite, Jewish, secular uh, child in a American, religious, Ashkenazi, uh, very... Um, uh, I mean, mostly wealthy environments and in mm. everything. My, and my and my parents were struggling students. You know, everything was wrong. It was everything was the opposite. It was, <laughs> it was a clash from the first moment. Having said that, I was I loved the school. I was a very very good student and uh, very curious. Became very my English uh, reached a very very high level right away, and I was mm. able to communicate. You know, much 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 more. Um, proficiently than my my own parents in English for by the age of six. Um and um and and so and I loved English literature and 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 very avid reader, um, loved history. So that brings us to music, the what music actually influenced me. Um and just to finish that off, at 17 I returned to Israel, mm. served in the Israeli army and started my career. But um what was listened to in my home? My mother um loves classical music. So she listened to a lot of opera, mm-hmm. dragged us to the opera as well. <laughs> my, um, I was very, very drawn to musical theater. So growing up in 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 New York, it was wonderful. I, I saw tons of musicals, and to this day, I adore musical theater. Um, so I had a chance to listen to that. I had an uncle. I have an uncle, but um, he was a very great influence on me. He used to bring me books and po- poetry and, and and prose to read, and he was the he was kept giving me, you know, albums to listen to that he thought I would love. And he was the mm. first one that stuck a Simon and Garfunkel album in my hands when I was okay. eight, year, eight years old. A cassette, a cassette that used to, that we had cassettes, <laughs> that, yeah, that artifact. Um, but yeah, I listened to that cassette until it was like dead. I, Simon and Garfunkel, Paul Simon is my number one favorite songwriter of all times. And directly after him, it was Joni Mitchell and it was Leonard Cohen. That same uncle took me to my first Leonard Cohen concert when I was 10 years old. Mm, Blew my mind. So these songwriters changed my life. Well, alongside that, of course, there was Israeli music at home. Um, Those tradition, those older artists, like, I don't know if you've ever heard these names, like Esther Ofarim, Shoshana Damari. These were the ones that were very, very famous, popular in Israel in the 50s, my parents' music. Even though mm-hmm. I was born in you know 1969, but they still were listening to that music, um, and um, and so it was really the American music of the 60s that was most dominant. And alongside, and and to, and to make it even more complicated, my Yemenite grandmother lived with us, so she mm. was she came with my parents, and she she lived with us at home. She helped my parents raise us. And she had a huge impact on my life. Mm. Her, her music, her everything about her. She was an extraordinary woman. And she taught me these old, beautiful Yemenite songs that I perform to this day. Um, so so I had this the Yemenite songs and Americans, you know, yeah. songwriters of the 60s, which were like these rebellious um, you know, artists that were going out against the Vietnam War, that were Vietnam War that were involved in the human rights movements and everything. So that for me, that was the ultimate artist, you know, human rights, values, music, that marriage really um, was branded on my heart as, a, as as what an artist should be. Yeah. And then classical music, musical theater, jazz that that was in New York. That That's how I grew up in that in that milieu, in that pool. So I see the connections with um, how you shaped your worldview and, and it seems mm-hmm. like a big influence on your politics yes. was was particularly as a young artist as you were developing um in your own um singing and in your career did it feel like music was also a spiritual practice for you did it did it connect in that way or did it always well, feel like it, it was a, a secular thing it became such jack i have to say as as well as time went by i distanced myself from religious Judaism. I have a respect mm-hmm. for it, but I am very much not a religious Jew. Mm-hmm. I'm a secular and cultural Jew. You know, my Judaism is part of my culture. 
but I have no connection to dogmatic religion in any way. Mm. Having said that, um, my dedication to music is very much a religious dedication, meaning that um, just as in religion, I myself am a servant of the music. It doesn't serve me, I serve it. I mm. am always, I'm, I always feel myself humble in praying in the temple of the God of music when I make music. I think that art in its greatest form um, makes us feel awe and, and, and gratitude. Just like when we come into a temple or when we em- embrace religion, we, we, we are constantly grateful. We're constantly in awe of all of creation. And that's how I feel as an artist and as a human being. Um, and, uh, and so, yes, there's something very deep and spiritual about the way I approach music. Uh, I'm very dedicated to it. I, I always say that to my, to my, um, my musicians as well, before we go on stage, we have this ritual. We hold, I hold everybody's hands and I speak from the heart to, to these wonderful people uh, with which I'm going to share the stage and say to them that, you know, these moments being on stage and creating music are the most beautiful moments of our lives. We've worked all of our lives to be here now in this moment. We, we should feel immense gratitude that we have the privilege of making music and sharing it with people, possibly touching their hearts and opening their minds and giving them something that they could go forth into the world with, like 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 these beautiful illuminated weapons against the against <laughs> sometimes that really little songs are like little lightsabers <laughs> or lifesavers. <laughs> Um, which uh, which arm us against the, the, the sometimes the difficulties of life and the vicissitudes, um, mm. right, the, the the sadness, the um, the some, the desolation, sometimes loneliness, sometimes loss. You know, life is full of those things, and, and music at, at its best elevates us and ennobles us and, and illuminates us. So we have the honor of being that function in these people's lives at this moment, mm. and. Um, and that our, our goal is to illuminate each other and to illuminate the music, not to point at ourselves, but to point at each other and at the music. That's the vector that I believe in, and I try to influence my musicians to embrace. So all of that sounds very religious. It's very connected to spirituality, <laughs> you know. I'm heading for a time of solitude. Of peace without illusion When the perfect circle marries all Beginnings and conclusions And when they say that you're not good enough, well, the answer is you're not. But who are they or what is it? that eats at what you've got with the hunger of ambition for the change inside the purse they are handcuffs on the soul Handcuffs on the soul and worse. You mentioned Paul Simon earlier, and you and you picked as one of uh, the songs that touches your heart uh, the song "Quiet." Tell me a little bit about that song and and what resonates with you. Well, I just love it. Um, it's uh, I think it's a very meditative song. 
Mm. It's a very it's a very Buddhist song. Yeah, mm. I really I very I connect deeply to Buddhist philosophy. And um and you know Paul Simon is just what a wonderful songwriter. What a deep person. And I think that he managed to create this beautiful beautiful atmosphere. First of all, sonic atmosphere, which is you can close your eyes and just envision what the, where the music is taking you. It's such a beautiful place. You can see yourself, you know, lying back maybe in the grass or in the sun and breathing in the air and then unclenching your fists, as he says in the song, and and saying those beautiful words. And when they say you're not good enough, then the answer is you're not. That's yeah. very beautiful. But, who, but, <laughs> who but then they? he says, but who mm. are they and what is it that eats it what you've got? So mm. that, I mean, that's Torah, as you know, that's that thing. <laughs> First of yeah. all, you're you're not. Be humble, you know. Right. So who, but 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 accept that it's fine. You don't have to be great. You can be imperfect. That is humanity. But then there's beauty in in this imperfection. There's there's mm. there's there's grace in it, and the acceptance of our own imperfection and mortality and you know, deep flawed humanity is one of the of the great victories of our soul, if we are able to embrace that and breathe and relax and unclench our fists. So for me, that's an immensely spiritual song that he has in his inimitable way um, stated so poetically, created so poetically. Mm. Tell me a little about about um, some of the themes that you write about. Uh, particularly, you pick these songs, Homemade Religion, uh, if we could start there and just tell me, it's I'm so proud it's a, of that it's, a song. <laughs> it's a much different song than "Quiet" by by yeah. Paul Simon. Mm. It's 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 but you very... know, actually not at all, not at all. Mm. Musically, it is musically. That's it what I mean. A different mm. vibe, but yeah. the text and the spirit behind it are right. very much the same. Because what is he really saying, and that what am I saying as well? I mean, I'm saying that. Um, um, the most important things that we need to know are right in front of us. Mm. We don't really need any wise man or any man of cloth or any sacred book in order to understand the deep, the deep, deep, deep values which drive humanity to a good place, to a better place. Um, they're taught to us by our parents. They're taught to us in kindergarten. I think that they are planted, rooted deeply in our in our innate souls. And that is actually what I'm saying in homemade religion. Are you ready? Now think of all things created. Think of those that you care for. Think what you've been blessed with and everything that makes you afraid wish for anything let yourself dream wish for things to get better until 316 there's a stone in my garden that keeps me committed to the ground when I feel I should run There's a branch in my window That helps me remember To reach out my arms and touch the sun 
mentioned you've been a, a longtime collaborator with with Palestinian musicians, and and notably you had this collaboration with Mira Awad in in 2009. Yeah. Uh, you performed at Eurovision. Talk about the the controversy that that came up around uh, your duet and how you're using music as as an action for peace. Yeah. Well, you know, people were were saying that it was a fig leaf. You know, that our duet especially represent, representing Israel in the 2009 Eurovision, which is a huge media platform, millions and millions of people view. Um, um, they, I wrote a song called There Must Be Another Way. Mm-hmm. We sang it together in, in Hebrew, English, and Arabic. And um, I, I thought then, and I think now, that it was extraordinary. Extraordinary message, extraordinary song. With, it took extraordinary courage. And I think that it was extraordinary in the way that it presented Israel um, with all of its uh, diversity and its and complexity. And people were saying, you're, you're, rep, you're um, presenting a reality that doesn't exist. And you're a fig leaf for all, the, for all of the uh, mm. violence going on in our, in our region. And I said, well, no, we don't see it that way at all. We see it as, as such that artists, our greatest role is to throw a vision into the future and then say, come on, follow, follow me. No, this is what can happen. This is what we where we can uh, reach, what we can achieve if we work together, if we respect, if we live a life of respect, and dignity, of of true communication, of true sharing. Um, this is what we can achieve. So now that we've put this image forth and we've given you an example of what can be, let's all work towards it. We're not mm-hmm. trying to mirror a reality. We're trying to um, give you an option for a reality that could be our own if we chose to embrace this way of peace, communication, mm-hmm. and respect. And, um, and as such, I think we did a, we, we, we did a great service to, to uh, people in Israel and Palestine and around the world who were very inspired by that. continue to find balance with your music projects and your peace activism, particularly given how tense the situation has become surrounding Israeli politics, you know, both in the country as well as abroad? Well, that's a really good question. You know, there are times when my political activity really overwhelms, it becomes overwhelming for me because I can't sit still. I cannot be oblivious to the, to the issues around me. I can't stay silent. I can't stay on the sidelines. I'm not able to. It's so deeply rooted in my DNA and my very soul that whenever I'm called to the flag, as we say, you know, mm. a sister in arms, then I'll be there. I'll be there with my song, with my voice, with my spirit. Uh, most unfortunately, um, most artists just don't think that way. They don't go there. They, they, they work, you know, within their own bubble, with their their shell, within their art. Um, they don't really want to put their hands in that mud the mm. the of of I don't like to call it politics. Okay, it's political, yeah. 
But, you know, I'm not part of a, any political party and I'm not really interested in politics per se at all. Mm. I am very, very interested in humanity, in human rights and inequality, in respect and dignity, um, in love your brother as you love yourself. That is the, my, my motto. Mm. Even when your brother is very different from you. In Hebrew, it sounds better. Mm. Love your brother as you love yourself, even when your brother is very different from yourself. Mm. So um, that is um, that is, is my motto as, as, as far as I can take it. And um, sometimes I put, you know, I, I, I very seldom write political songs, you know, or, or songs that I'm, are geared towards making a specific message in this, in, this, in this field. You know, I write all kinds of, my lyrics are inspired by many, many different things. But, um, but I do use whatever songs I have, you know, like the Ave Maria for breaking the walls between religions, like there must be another way um, talking about how we can work differently in, 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 in different contexts. It can be religious context, it can be in political context, in humanitarian, humanitarian communal context. Um, or or like um, the song from one of my um, um, last albums, the one dedicated to Johann Sebastian Bach, which is called Letters to Bach. We have that song, Look at Me, which was written about two women, Israeli and Palestinian, looking at each other through the wall, insisting mm. on breaking that wall between them and seeing each other's humanity and, 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 and frailty and pain. I want to reflect on this instance of you being at the at the Vatican. You were the first Israeli performer at the Vatican in 1994. You performed Ave Maria. Tell me about that experience and and what that invitation was like. It sounds like it's it's also continued. It's been a continued relationship. Well, that Ave Maria was very special. It it appeared on my first international album, which was produced by Pat Metheny, which is called Noah. Um, Pat Metheny, a great, great, great jazz guitarist, really opened the doors of the world to me by by producing this album and by bringing me to David Geffen, which signed me as a young artist at the time when I was just like 22, 23 years old. And uh, that really started the, the roller coaster ride that I've been on ever since. Um, so I have huge gratitude um, to Pat Metheny. He was a great um, influence on me and... Um, Huge facilitator of my of my musical life. Um, this Ave Maria was was an experiment. I, I was I was I decided to write the lyrics because I was less interested in in, in singing the original Latin, mm. um, which I couldn't really communicate with. I'm very much a word person. I mean, words lyrics are hugely important to me. I'm, mm. I'm I love words. I love delving into them and playing with them. And I love you know I love kneading them and kneading them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> and bringing them forth. I mean, I really love words. I love the la language. 
So it was important for me to write lyrics to this, and I did. I wrote it as um, even I'd say a little bit of 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 um, it's it's a I'd say what's the word for it? Um, it's 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 anti institutional in many ways. It's like it's 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 expressing some criticism to religion, the fact that the, all these beautiful symbols are on the walls, but do are the things that stand behind these symbols truly in the hearts of the people that worship all these symbols? Mm. And this is this is clear criticism to organized religion. I think, you know, they, they, they get all wrapped up with the pomp and the process, but but are very, very often unable to understand the deep underlying messages of of, of all religion. Which are kindness, compassion, generosity, humility. As I said, those things that you don't need any religion to tell you about. They're just there. Yeah. Um, what a bold but, statement to make then at the Vatican. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but it was very, very gentle. You know? Sure. It's, sure. It, it's, it's in the first sentence of the song. It says, Ave Maria, where have you been hiding? Don't you don't you know we need you? Things are looking pretty bad down here. It's saying, mm. like, you know, so here you are. But we need you. We need this spirit that you represent. I know that there is beauty, gentleness, and laughter. These are things you uh, you always stood for. Help us find them too. Hey there, Maria. I'm saying, hey there. It's like a little bit from the Bronx. Santa Maria, I, may I take a liberty? May I take a liberty and say that it's a shame to me not to, to live in harmony. We're all just hoping someone will step forward. Some will be courageous enough, saying Amen. Yes. Yeah. Someone has yeah. to step out of the line. Not, you know, out of the mold, break the mold and say, yes, I want to live in peace. I want to live in compassion. That's what I'm saying in this song. Mm. That's yes. brave statements to make with, with, with these. But, but the Vatican, surprisingly, really liked that. They wanted the religious, they, they wanted that bridge that I was building. They were interested in the bridge that was being built between the, you know, the, the very conservative, you know, orthodox version of religion or the Ave Maria in this sense. And somebody like me coming from the outside, using this song in order to convey a message of humanity from my own point of view, being Jewish at that, and all, they wanted that. They were interested. So when this, this there was a person who was curating this big event in the, in, in the, in the Vatican, he was the artistic director, and he by chance picked up this album and saw the yeah. Ave Maria. And he said, this is perfect for what we, the message we want to convey in this event. And they invited me. And to the last moment, I was sure that they were going to ask me to sing the Latin lyrics when I'm finally standing in St. Peter's Square in front of like a half a million people. Listen, girl, you know, this is a prayer. Please sing it. <laughs> you know, I was sure. So I learned it by heart in case they, 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 they asked me to do that. And I thought it would be legitimate, too. But the contrary was the case. They mm. were interested in these lyrics. They, they had them printed on the front page of the biggest newspaper in Italy, Corriere della Sera. The day of the performance, and they embraced this performance. And there was a choir of fifty children from all over the world who were singing the Amen with me, and mm. the Pope sitting at my left. And I had a chance to read a message that I'd written and read it in Italian about how important it was to break the walls between religions and how this would be a key to peace. It was a momentous event, really, for me and life changing. Beautiful. And and then from that moment on, that's it. I was I felt I was connected to the to the Vatican and um and to you know the the people within the Vatican who believed in that message. So for Pope Benedict, it was pretty short lived. Um, he, his papacy was short lived, but I did perform for him as well. But then comes Pope Francis, and he's like amazing. He's, this guy is 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 an incredible religious leader, incredible human being. Very much involved in 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 um, in giving a personal example of humility, of, of graciousness, of kindness, of um, of acceptance, of respect for all people. You know the statements he's made about about homosexuality are mm. groundbreaking, bra mm -hmm. groundbreaking for in 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 in, in Catholic terms. And, and his involvement in climate change, which is very much connected to the projects I'm involved with now, which do have to do with climate crisis, etc. I love that man. I just really, I, I adore him. I mean, uh, when one of my audiences that I had had with him, I asked him if it was okay to hug a pope, because he said, we, we rabbis, you know, we can't, we can't, it's not, <laughs> we don't touch each other. He says, of course, and he gives me this big hug like he's my uncle. And since then, every, since then, every time I see him, we're hugging. So yeah, 
he's a wonderful, warm man. And I'm so happy that he is one of the most important religious leaders in the world today. Would you have thought it as as a adolescent in in New York <laughs> that you would be saying you were friends with the Pope when you were <laughs> growing up? No, you mean as a yeshiva girl? No. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Every you know, I couldn't have. I truly did not imagine my life as it is today. There are certain cases in which music chooses you. Mm. It's not. It's it more than you choose it. Now, some people choose music. They really want to be musicians. They really fight. Whether they have the talent or not, this is what they want to do, right? But in my case, it was like music chose me. It implanted itself like a dibuk, you know, a ghost in my body, all this talent. And that's it. It's there. And it's like, you know, a phantom saying, you will be my humble servant. <laughs> you. And uh, wow. like a religious calling, I'm telling you, that brings us back to our original thing. You know, how, yeah. how, how, how people have visions about being called to serve God. Yeah. I think I was called to serve the God of music. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffled king composing high. You mentioned Leonard Cohen being an early concert that you went you went to as a young person, and yes. one of the songs that you selected was was Hallelujah, obviously an iconic song by him, and and made uh, even more yeah. popular perhaps by by Jeff Buckley. Uh, have you ever recorded the song? Have you ever performed this song? You know what? After Jeff Buckley's version, I don't think anybody needs to record that song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, I know a lot of people do, but his version of that song for me is perfection. It is so beautiful. It never fails to rip my heart apart. It's mm. gorgeous. I mean, it's better than the original, <laughs> with all due respect to the great Leonard Cohen. He sings it with his kishkis, you know, as you say in Yiddish, I'm Yemeni, but you know, it's, it's like his innards are singing that song, his deepest soul. And, oh, it's so beautiful. And the lyrics of that song, just stunning way Leonard Cohen uses, you know, all these these anecdotes from from the scriptures, from from the Bible, from and 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 has, makes these statements about love, about faith, about greed, about anger, about about loyalty, about mm. I love that verse that says, and even if it's all gone wrong, I'll kneel before the Lord of song with nothing on my tongue but hallelujah. Saying because it, and that's why I told you I always feel that I'm also kneeling before the Lord of Song and saying mm -hmm. Hallelujah. You know, even if it's all gone wrong, even if I never managed to convey the messages I wanted to, even if I won't be able to reach, even there was no world peace will not be attained in my lifetime, even the Israeli-Palestinian conflict will not be solved before I'm, I'm, I'm my ashes are being spread over the sea or something, which is what I want. <laughs> okay. But still, I've been kneeling and I've saying hallelujah. I'm, I've, I've done my best. I did my best. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a visual. It's true. It's true. Hmm. Hmm. I love how you, you speak in such beautiful poetry. It just has so much that that uh, I'm drinking in by what your, your answers are to these questions. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jack. So as someone who's spent many years using your music to connect people um, how do you find and really hold on to hope, um, you know, in this moment of a divided world that we have in this present moment, it's an ongoing moment, but present moment. Well, my, my system is, is, uh, doing, mm. I just keep going. I, I don't let myself fall into despair ever. Even if, if it's, if I feel it, I feel it at moments. I really, yeah. sometimes I have very dark moments. You know, but then I just get up and I go like this and I go like this and I say, okay, what can I do? What is in my power to do? You know, mm -hmm. I can't change the world single-handedly, but what is in my power to do? 
So can I, you know, so that that circle of light around me is something that I'm constantly dealing with. Yeah. I want I want to make sure that in the lake, you know, that my stones that I throw into the lake make good waves. And and I believe that those those ripples do become waves. They can become tidal waves when they meet mm. other ripples. You know, I believe in the power of of action and and faith and and doing good. And so I can't take care of everybody, but I at least can take care of myself. I can be responsible for myself. I can give a good example to my children, to everyone around me, and um, of, of of not losing hope, of doing good in every way, in the smallest, the smallest act of kindness, larger ones, you know, standing today in front of hundreds of thousands of people singing for democracy and for peace, you know, being courageous enough to do that, even though maybe there are some people who won't, you know, on the other side of the political map, will not appreciate these statements and maybe punish me for them, you know, not come to my concerts, it will hurt my career. But in the big picture, these values are more important to me than my personal little career. Now, with mm-hmm. all due respect to me, I, I'm not that important. But the values, the those overriding values, those the, the clouds and this like clouds in the sky are much more important. So I'm saying, okay, if I have this voice, if I have a charisma, if I have this key to people's hearts. I need to be doing good with it. I need to be pushing it in the direction of light and kindness and compassion. And in that, I'm the humble servant of these values. And so I do that. And I do it consistently. I've done it for more than quarter of a century. Yeah. And that has given me incredible life energy. It's my chi, as we say. That's my <laughs> life energy. It is. It's That's my great. good and positive life energy. And I also, uh, this is a small and silly thing, but I'm also a very active person physically. Mm. I would recommend that to anybody who sometimes loses hope. I say, breathe, go out into nature, walk, touch the sands, touch the trees, touch the leaves, move your body, dance, you know, swim in the sea. If you have one or it's a lake, whatever you have, if you live in a city, just go out and walk and see all the people, move. I really believe in movement. This yeah. physical movement is spiritual movement. You know, when you move your body, when you open to see the sunlight, when you walk in the rain, you walk in a forest, you walk in a beach, you walk in a mountain, then you breathe. Yeah, wow, I mean, it opens up. And then you find solutions to whatever it is that's, that's weighing down on you. You find those solutions and, and you find them yourself. Yeah. Or, you, or, you, or you go to friends and you talk about it and you move, you move those the words, the sentences, the ideas, you move them around. Make sure that there's beautiful, good, positive life energy movement around you all the time. Good things will come of that, I assure you. There are words of wisdom in every sacred book. You can see them shining everywhere you look, reminding us that we are not alone, that we share this world as our only home. Last question for you. I said at the beginning of the conversation that I'm Jewish. It's a little more complicated than that. So we're actually in a uh, a mixed family that's Jewish and Baha'i, and and the the Baha'i more than like anyone. <laughs> oh my God, those are beautiful people. Why am I not surprised that you're saying that? I love the Baha'i faith and philosophy. It's just gorgeous. Well, the the name of this series, Soul Ladder Music, that we're doing comes from a line from the writings of Baha'u'llah that says that music is a ladder for our souls. God has made music as a ladder for our souls. And I wanted to ask, what what connects with you about that image? How does oh that? Oh my God! But, uh, well, it's just what we've been talking about now for, <laughs> for the past. I don't know how long we've been talking. An hour? Yes. Um, 
Yeah, definitely. Of course, Jack. Of course, music is a ladder for our souls. There's, mm. it's, it's, it's so clear that it is. It's you know, it's um, music at it, at its best. It has this double vector. It's like a ladder. A ladder is grounded, and and then mm. it reaches the top. So, what does music do? Music first reaches very, very deep into the bottom of our soul. So it's, it really touches our deepest fears and pain and thoughts and 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 um, love and our passions and our everything deep, deep, deep in our soul. So the, the deepest places where we're all connected. We're all connected in those deep places. You know, in uh, deep in the mud, we're all connected. And then at the same time, once it's touched, you know, it's it's. it's Music or poetry, the poetry of music, which can oh, you know touch our fear and our longing and our our, our the child within us and our things that that, that that trigger our emotions. Once it's done that, then helps us rise from that place, like a geyser. A geyser is I never know how to pronounce that word. Geyser, uh huh. A geyser, like a geyser, like singularity. You know, like where everything comes together and, whoosh, and there's this. It's like lightsaber. <laughs> Again, I love I love Star Wars. <laughs> lightsaber, which takes us to a higher place, an elevated and beautiful place, you know, where we can climb on into whatever is our version of heaven. Mm. And, and it's for many people, there are many, many variations of what for them is sanctity or heaven or the sky or a place of peace. And, um, you know, sometimes it's cathartic. You know, when I think of heavy metal, for example, I, I really love listening to heavy metal sometimes. I right. think there's some amazing musicians that make, make heavy metal. And, and Definitely. Amazing. And I, I connect deeply to their pain. You know, there's something painful in that music. There's something urgent. There's something that's searching and really seeking. And, and through their amazing playing, they're shooting you up to a place where you can release yourself of all of that anger and frustration. I think it, it's Uncannily, it's a place of great light. I mean, for me, I, I, I feel that in that music. I can feel it in any music. It's not a, a matter of genre. When the music is made from a place of sincerity, from a place of, of, of dedication, to, almost mm. religious dedication to the music, um, from a place of, of, of honesty and courage, like Albert Camus said, art should be made, should be made courageously and fearlessly. When art is made from that place, then we see the ladder. We see the place where it's rooted deep into the into the ground, and we see it reaching up to the highest realms where we can't even, where our eyes can't see anymore. But the music will take us there. I so truly believe in that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I love that because it 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 reminds me. It it connects exactly to to what you were saying about Bowie Kala. That <laughs> that this song of unrequited love and despair, in a certain sense, really it gave me this feeling of exhilaration of as a kid, and that's what yeah. connected me to it. So, I um I, I see you <laughs> right up there at the top of the ladder. That your 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 voice was calling me in that way. <laughs> thank you so much. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> this has been such a gift, Noah. Thank you so much, and and I hope thank to you, uh, to see you perform in in person too, and and hopefully sure. get to meet you here or in Israel. <laughs> Sure, you know, you and whoever is very, very welcome to always, you know, check on, check on my website if you'd like. It's called noahsmusic.com. And there you can see where I'm performing in different places in the world. And um, and also check out music. You know, maybe there's a lot of music that maybe you that I've made over the years that you haven't heard. It might be very interesting for you. Um, projects that connect, like we say, to Bach or to Yemenite music or to Neapolitan songs or to... Uh, to other like interesting venues of song songwriting that I've explored over the years. So you're welcome. And and the live performance is unique in the sense that, you know, nothing can replace that feeling of being in a room and making music together and creating mm. that synergy that we feel in a live performance is absolutely unique and beautiful. So I, I invite you and your listeners to join me in one of the stations on my own journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for your time. And thank you for all the continued good works that you do in the world. Thank you, Jack. Shalom. Shalom. Okay, shalom. Good night, everybody. Thanks for making the climb with me this week on Soul Ladder Music. You can find out more about Noah's music and tour dates through our website, noahsmusic.com. 
That's N-O-A-S-M-U-S-I-C dot com. And be sure to check out the Soul Ladder Music playlist on Spotify for a running list of all the music played during this series. As always, I'll have links to all the songs in this episode in our show notes. Thanks to Jeff Philosopher for providing our theme music and to associate producer Aiden Keys. Keep tuning in to WOWD 94.3 FM, Tacoma Radio, for great music and programs seven days a week, streaming online at tacomaradio.org.